Good morning. I'm really glad you're here. I'm Randy Lanthrop, the senior pastor, Church in the Valley. Uh, we're looking at cynicism today, and many people believe that history repeats itself, for sure, on the days when things aren't going well. Uh, it can feel like you're stuck in a cycle of circumstances, sort of like this guy on the screen. Um, he, he looked desperate to get out of there. He's, he's just, you know, I would imagine if you're in that spin cycle, that you're just thumping against the sides and you're just ready to let me, let me out. What's your view of history? I don't know how much you've thought about it, but your visit, your view of history has a dramatic impact on your day-to-day life. There's a stream of thought in the world at large that views history as a cycle. You probably heard the phrase, history repeats itself. And for sure, um, we tend to experience similar things as life moves on. But there is a start and, a, and an end to life. But people have said throughout history at least the one that's the history that's recorded, is that it repeats itself. An influential, extremely influential speaker uh, or, or thinker, Karl Marx in the mid-1800s, whose ideas still impact us today, he said, history repeats itself, first as tragedy, second as farce. That's pretty pretty downer view, isn't it? Um The playwright, George Bernard Shaw, said this, If history repeats itself and the unexpected always happens, how incapable must man be of learning from experience? Makes an interesting point. Why are we surprised that the same things keep happening? I like what the rapper Quavo said. He gets straight to the point. History repeats itself, so you might want to pay attention. (laughs) That's, that's, That's if history repeats itself. Excellent point. You might want to pay attention. On Easter, Christ followers celebrate an event in history that changes lives, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus said that if you believe in him, he will take you from where you are right now, point A, to an amazing place, point B. If the resurrection really happened then history isn't cyclical, it's it's straight line, it's linear. Uh, if the resurrection is real, Jesus' followers are on a road to somewhere. The ride can be more enjoyable than it currently is, and the destination is amazing. This is This is what Jesus wants to do in our lives. Jesus' resurrection shows that we don't have to be caught in a spin cycle we can't escape. There's a way forward. In fact, the things that we use, you know, we experience over and over again, the, the negative things in our lives, he even promises to use those to change us and develop us. So there's a purpose in it. For the next seven weeks, we're going to see the difference Jesus makes for dealing with the things that tend to blindside us. We saw the topics in the roll-in video. We'll dig into God's answers from the Bible for cynicism, 
disconnection, pride, emptiness, burnout, irrelevance, and compromise. Today's message is focused on cynicism. No one ever intends to get cynical. Uh, I don't think they do anyway, but it happens. It happens as life flows along. Uh, We fight cynicism. People disappoint us. Life doesn't turn out the way we had hoped it would. We get burned out. We get jaded. Because we we can't seem to escape the, the spin cycle that's going on. We keep getting tossed around by frustration that is taking root in us. And we decide something like this. My life's a waste of time and energy. So... I'm, I'm just not going to care anymore, and I'm just going to expect the worst. Everything from there is a bonus, isn't it? <laughs> um, this morning, I'm going to show how we slide into cynicism and how Jesus can pull us out of it, the help that we can find from him. He gives the power to break up the cynicism in our hearts. Here's the definition of cynical. Believing that people are motivated by self-interest, distrustful of human sincerity or integrity. Uh, And things happen in life as it flows along. We lose trust in, in people. We just think, here we go again, as we relate. Uh, another sub-definition or connected to that one is, we're doubtful as to whether something will happen or whether it is worthwhile. So we, we lose trust in others and we lack confidence in ourselves even as we handle life that flows by. Uh, George Costanza from Seinfeld is a cynic. You may know him, may have seen him on TV. Uh, he's actually the icon of cynicism. He's doubtful that his life will ever change. Let's watch this clip uh, from Seinfeld. Every decision I've ever made in my entire life has been wrong. (laughs) My life is the complete opposite of everything I want it to be. Every instinct I have in every aspect of life, be it something to wear, something to eat, it's often wrong. (laughs) Tuna on toast, coleslaw, cup of coffee. Yeah. No, 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 wait a minute. I always have tuna on toast. Nothing's ever worked out for me with tuna on toast. I want the complete opposite of tuna on toast. Chicken salad on rye. Untoasted with a side of potato salad and a cup of tea. (laughs) Well, there's no telling what can happen from this. You know, chicken salad's not the opposite of tuna. Salmon's the opposite of tuna, because salmon swim against the current, and the tuna swim with it. Good for the tuna. (laughs) There you go. Poor guy can't even get the opposite of tuna right, you know? He's having a rough time, and Jerry's glad to point that out to him. Uh, A committed cynic has been burnt by the outcomes of life. They've been burnt by the way relationships have gone, by the things that have occurred in their lives. I I don't think people want to become cynics. Cynicism creeps in over time. 
if you're struggling with it, you probably didn't see it coming. This is how it happens. It just sort of sneaks up. I'm sure you've seen it or maybe even experienced it yourself. You have a friend who's experienced heartbreak one too many times. They've just given up. High school and college friends launch into careers with enthusiasm. They're going to take the world by storm. And the passion's now faded. Uh, and they're beaten down. Certain professionals have a higher risk of cynicism. I really appreciate law enforcement, but the things they see, it's a struggle. It's, it's a battle. Uh, nurses, counselors, teachers, they've seen so much trouble, hurt, and pain that they can build a wall of distrust. You know, you, you, you probably know folks that were so gung-ho at the beginning and contributed so much to group efforts and brainstorming and came up with ideas for projects, but now they only point out how failure is guaranteed. This, this might describe where you're at. Maybe these scenarios describe uh, what you're going through right now. That's cynicism. And it can happen to any of us. We, we struggle with these things. Here's how. Here's how the slide into cynicism happens. You project the past onto the future. You've heard the phrase, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. We've all been fooled, and it's easy to put a protective layer of cynicism around our heart. Here's a fun meme. Uh, fool me fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, fool me 350,000 times, you're a weatherman. That, that meme cracks me up because we've all learned to take the weatherman's predictions with a grain of salt. It's, you know, we get jaded by it in a way. It's not a big consequence to our lives unless you're planning a picnic and it ends up raining when he said it wouldn't. Um, king Solomon, the third king of Israel, wrestled with cynicism. He wrote a few books in the Bible. One of them is called Ecclesiastes, and one man called this the cynic's guide to the universe. You, you read it, and it definitely seems cynical. He, he landed in a good place. You can read the last chapter, Ecclesiastes 12, find out where he landed. But listen to what Solomon says in the first chapter. Ecclesiastes 1.9. What, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new. Under the sun. That's classic cynicism right there. Solomon is totally in the slide towards cynicism. He's saying, since I'm in the spin cycle, I keep experiencing the same things over and over again. What's the point? What, 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 why does this matter, this life? Before we know it, the pain of the past becomes future hurt. Be, because we're, we're, we're bitter. We begin to resent what's happened. We begin to really struggle with these things. So we assume that the future is going to be more of the same. And it, it doesn't have to be. The second cause of the slide is that you know too much. The longer you live, the more you learn, the more you know, this can make you cynical. Ecclesiastes 1.18 says, For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. 
There's, there's an edge to gaining knowledge that causes us to grieve or to become cynical in the moment. The more we live and work with people, the more we knowledge we gain about them, we see patterns emerge in the way they relate to people around them. And after you know the patterns, you can see they say this, then this, then this, then this, then this, A, B, C, D, E, whatever it is. When they start into A, here we go again. There it is. What, what can I say? It's all, we're, we're quick to judge. We just, we see the slide that's happening. You, you're pretty sure they're going to mess up again and they're going to hurt you. When certain things happen on a project, you've been there before. Oh no, here it goes again. It's going wrong. It's going downhill. It's, it's all south from here. And you begin to pull away from people because you just have this attitude. Once you see reality, what you do with your mind next is incredibly important. You need to have someone you can trust to count on. In a few moments, we'll see why the resurrection is so important. It shows that we can count on Jesus. He did what he promised to do. He came through. For us, he rose from the dead. Without someone to trust, you take the last step in the slide, you give up hope. You've seen it before. You know what's going to happen next. You've lost hope that life can be any different. It's the same thing over and over, over again. Today we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. His followers view it as the single most important event in history because Easter is proof that hope is alive. Hope is the opposite of cynicism. Jesus' early followers could identify with this slide into cynicism. They had left everything to follow Jesus. Their journey with him started with a major dose of enthusiasm. Fishermen dropped their nets on the spot and decided to follow him. Uh, They heard his teaching, his life. They were powerful examples for them. They followed wholeheartedly. But during his last days, during Jesus' last days, it looked like all their dreams had ended. They were over. After Jesus was killed, they gave up hope. I I would imagine that it was, it's, here we go again. I put my hope in this man And the hopes are dashed. If I were there, I would be fighting the slide into cynicism for sure. They probably thought and said things like, what a waste. Three years. Three years following and staying close to this man, hearing his promises, hearing his uh, truth, and what's it worth? That's it. It's, It's all over. You ever hear, you ever been in a basketball stadium or a basketball arena and they start singing, it's all over, it's all over. The disciples were probably, I don't know if they were, but they might have been singing that. Um, 
What do we do now? Another lost cause here and gone. Everything Jesus would do was lost when he died. But then this, John 21 and 2. Early on the first day of the week, he died on a Friday. First day of the week is Sunday. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. After he rose from the dead, Jesus then began to appear to his followers, to some women, to the disciples, to people walking on the roads. He appeared to 500 people at once after he rose from the dead. The disciples were blindsided by the crucifixion. But the interesting thing is most of them died as martyrs for preaching it, for preaching the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. Because in this moment, their hopes were dashed. But when Jesus rose from the dead, then hope was alive. Hope began to live in them again, and they began to change. Uh, Jesus' resurrection is a historical event that you can investigate. We have a book uh, on the back table that you could pick up on your way out. If you'd like to investigate more, it's called The Case for Easter. Uh, but it's written by a journalist who, uh, Lee Strobel, he was an atheist when he started his search. His wife had decided to follow Christ, and uh, that was bothersome to him. He didn't really appreciate her new faith. And so he was going to prove, he was going to prove her, her wrong, the Christianity wrong, and sort of settle the issue so he could go back to life the way he used to know it. And he was a tenacious, very smart guy, tenacious investigative journalist. He investigated court cases and things like that for the Chicago Tribune. In his investigation, he decided it's true. He decided the resurrection really happened. And so you can read about his search, get some information about uh, the, the reason it makes sense to believe that Jesus was actually raised for the, from the dead. And if he was, hope is alive. We don't need to slide into cynicism. There's a tremendous amount of hope in it. Even though Jesus, it's funny, even though Jesus had told his disciples that he had the power over death that he would rise from the dead. They didn't see his death and demise coming. They didn't see it coming. Like his first followers, if you've experienced this slide into cynicism, you can overcome it. There's no magic key or easy fix. But you can escape the spin cycle and make the right kind of progress in life with Jesus' help. Jesus leads us to overcome cynicism. Often, Cynicism develops in two directions. Toward others, we, we just expect the same old, same old out of them. 
or like George Costanza's toward ourselves, our own life. You know, it's never going to be any different. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to pick uh, chicken salad, not going with tuna anymore. So we have trouble believing that we can change or that people will change. We, we, we struggle with this. We need a fresh start. And Jesus leads us out of cynicism by giving us a, a fresh start. Because I don't know about you, but I've got stuff in my past that I cringe when I think about it. I, 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 I think about certain scenarios and things that I've done, things that have happened to me, and I, I cringe. But the thing Jesus does to free us from this tendency to be cynical is he forgives our past wrong. This is what Easter is all about. We're, we're celebrating an event in history that can change outcomes. It has changed outcomes. If he was raised from the dead, then Jesus has the power to forgive. He said it was scandalous because he... He said to someone while he was living, I forgive you. If he raised from the dead, he really can forgive. He is God himself who has the right to forgive. That was a complaint during the scandal. (laughs) Who is this guy? Does he think he's God? Why does he think that he can forgive uh, this this is, like I said, what Easter is all about. I'd like to share with you how Jesus promises a new destiny to all who believe Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. Here's the heart of the Christian message. It's a condensed version of what the Bible says is necessary to commit your life to Christ, to believe in him and follow him. The Bible says that God loves you and I and all people, and he wants you to experience abundant or real life. But rather than turning to God, every one of us began to sin, going our own way, trying to be our own boss. The result of this choice is our separation from God. The Bible says sin has cut us off from knowing God personally. So instead of experiencing the life and the freedom that God desires for us, people are dead spiritually, which means we're cut off from God from knowing him personally. Um, and we're actually in bondage to the enemy. To remedy the situation, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, and he was raised from the dead. The Bible says that all people without Jesus are destined for hell, but those who repent, those who turn around and yield their life to Jesus as boss of their life, will become children of God. And experience the life and freedom God desires for them. This is the way out. This is the way out of the spin cycle. Jesus died on the cross to give us a fresh start in life. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We, we can escape condemnation because Christ took the penalty for us. Your part and my part is to accept what Jesus has done for us on the cross and yield our life to follow him as Lord. 
or boss. Once we decide to follow Jesus, he leads us on a new path. Romans 8, 31 before says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. He's, he's our mediator between ourselves and God. We are made right with God because of God's work on our behalf. We overcome the hopelessness of cynicism by following Jesus. He'll lead us out of it. Jesus' resurrection gives us hope for this life and beyond. Cynicism is driven by a loss of hope, as I've said, because of what we experience in life. Yet when you decide to follow Christ, you not only find hope in the here and now, but on through eternity. Days before Jesus died on the cross, he performed one of his greatest miracles. He raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. Before he performed this miracle, he shared a promise with Lazarus' sister that applies to us. John 11, 25 and 26. Um, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he die, uh, even though he dies, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's the question. Jesus says, whoever believes in him will live even though they die. Easter is proof that hope's alive because Jesus is alive. This is the crux of the Christian message. You can know. You can weigh the evidence for yourself. You can search it out. You can investigate who he is. Is he really the one he said he was? He claimed to be God. Was he really God? If he raised from the dead, I'd say that's he's God. <laughs> and so that's where it lands. Easter is proof that hope is alive. When you make Jesus the Lord or boss of your life, your story has a new trajectory that starts today and goes on through eternity. Life's not a cycle. It's not a circle. It's a straight line going somewhere. Jesus wants to take you on a road to somewhere. If we let him drive, the ride is more enjoyable. I mean, there's still, it's still a little bumpy at times. It's maybe a lot bumpy. The ride, though, is more enjoyable if you're letting him drive. The ride is taking us to a destination that's amazing. It's what God wants to do in your life. Since he kept his promise to rise from the, the grave, we can trust him. We can count on him. As I wrap up, I want to invite you to take some next steps today. If you would, take out the connection card that was mentioned earlier in the service. Uh, please take the time to finish filling out the front of the card or on the back. Uh, There's some next steps that I'm going to encourage you to take, or there may be some things that you want to sign up, like the sign up for, like the marriage 
Making Marriage Thrive workshop. But here's some suggestions on the back of your listening guide that's in, in the program as well. These next steps will be found. My next step today is to ask God to help me regain hope and overcome cynicism. He will work with you on that. He will help you. He wants, he wants you to learn more and more of how to cooperate with him and how to grow out of that, that uh, cynical slide. Another step, commit my life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. If you have concluded that Jesus is who he said he is, I want to give you an opportunity to decide to follow him today. Um, if you'd like to talk with someone about that, there's a box on the back of that connection card to the right side. It says, contact me about meeting up with someone to clarify my commitment to Christ. Maybe you have some questions you'd like to talk this through with someone. We'd be glad to get with you and help you through that. And then uh, a, f- a final next step is uh, attend Church of the Valley next week. Again, we're, we're going to talk about um, disconnection next week. How we're talking about cynicism this week. How we next week is like how we get disconnected from the people around us. Technology makes that challenging. We're going to address how to get connected again. Would you, would you join us next week? We'd love to have you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you've done in sending your son to die on the cross. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the sacrifice you gave that forgives us for our, of our sins. I thank you for the power that's displayed in the resurrection. We praise you, God, for what you've done. We honor you, we praise you, we bring glory to your holy name. And thank you for this day that we celebrate what you've done. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.